right, we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and we're your hosts, Nate and Tony. Hello. And we have the awesome Emmanuel Kingman on today uh, from the Godcast. Dude, we're super stoked to have you on. Uh, we've been talking a little bit on Instagram. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Um, I think I originally heard you on my buddy's podcast. So we'll give a shout out to uh, we'll give a shout out to Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pill and or uh, Into the Apocalypse. That's his other show as well with Chud X. Um, another, I'm gonna I want to give Chud X a shout out too because I, I actually recorded with him last night. Um, I had my wife on for the first time. My wife did uh, did a podcast with me, and uh, Chud had his wife on, and we did their show called uh, "The World as It Is Today," and that was a really cool one, man. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, and so we have the great Emmanuel Kingman on today, dude. I'm really stoked to have you on. Uh, do you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself and and uh, where we can find you? Uh, yeah. So, well, firstly, you know, I love Chud X and Adam as well. So, you know, shout out to them. They're, they're doing a great job over there. Uh, yeah. So my show is Godcast, the goodness over darkness podcast. If you're watching, you can see I got the, uh, the board behind me. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at goodness over darkness. Uh, all my audio is, uh, you know, on any audio feed and, uh, you can go to my website, emmanuelkingman.com. And there I have my social media links, um, and I have a different sorts, of, all sorts of different things. I have blog articles. I do videos, which you can still find on uh, YouTube. I have all sorts of different stuff, cool photos of the clouds of these, I don't know, spirits that come to me in the clouds. And you can really see them. I mean, it's not, there's no filters or I'm not changing it or anything. It's just, I take the picture and you see what you see and it's uh, some wild stuff. So, uh, I have a whole bunch of stuff like that, and I I've been through uh, a lot of different things. So, uh, like I've overcome uh, smoking, prison, addiction. I was 280 pounds. Damn. I had faced sexual abuse as a young child. I had faced sexual trauma from my uh, daughter's mother. Uh, did a lot of mess up things. Cheated on me. Got pregnant by someone else when I was an over the road truck driver. Uh, a lot of different things that I've overcome and now I, I've helped people overcome things in their own lives. And, uh, you know, it's just one thing at a time, just God is really pushing me to continually better myself and help others better themselves. So now I do uh, life coaching type of thing with different people. I have a Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash goodness over darkness. I run a Bible study, on sundays at 8 p.m it's free for anyone to join but if you can't join and want to watch back that's on the patreon and uh yeah i do all sorts of different cool stuff like that i just recently did a deep dive an eight-part series on christ millennial kingdom and it already having happened which is what everyone in the conspiracy community calls tartaria it's actually something else and it's biblical so there's a lot of different proof that I go through with all that. And it's a very fascinating time that we're living in. That's awesome, man. I, dude, I want to dig into that at some point. Maybe that's a different episode, but dude, I, I'm, that's awesome. I love Tartarian. I love Jesus. So that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, we can definitely. <laughs> hey, I mean, it, 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 when I first came across it, initially I was like, that makes more sense than anything. If they're covering up this Tartaria, you know, free energy loving civilization worldwide with all this beautiful architecture it makes more sense that oh it was a time that christ was here 
and they don't want us to know about that because they're the satanic rulers, the adversary that is ruling over us, and they wouldn't want us to know that they were bound in a pit for a thousand years, and when they weren't here, we created this beauty that now they call the Dark Ages, and now we're in the Enlightenment era, as they call it, which, you know, it's all biblical, and everything in here is inverse, so as soon as those pieces started falling together for me, I was like, oh, of course that's what it was, and then once I got the all the words from Jesus himself saying that these things would happen and they happened. I was like, oh, okay, I can see that's exactly what was going on. Dude, you're blowing my fucking mind. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What's your hat say? I see team Jesus. Oh, What's yeah, a lifetime member. Nice. I like it, man. Do you yeah. sell those hats? No, I, I got this one. Yeah. I okay. just, I buy different stuff. Uh, like right now I, I have a shirt. I'm about to go coach softball. So I have that shirt on, but usually I'm rocking something that says Jesus on my shirt, on my hat. I have a, a wristband because I used to wear all sorts of different stuff, promoting all sorts of different companies and logos and stuff. And then once Jesus saved me uh, just last year, I was like, well, you know what? I was doing the, when I was for the other team, I was promoting that. I was playing loud Eminem and Meek Mill and Little Wayne, you know, blasting that stuff. So now that I listen to Christian hip hop, now I'm bumping Andy Minio, Lecrae, KB, now I'm blasting that. So it's same with my clothing. I tried to promote him in the same way I was promoting the opposite. All those horrible things that we've all known, come to know in the conspiracy community. I uh, I do the same for now, Jesus. So uh, I'm openly proud of how I uh, represent him. Awesome, man. I mean, we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. So you are you're you're wearing your logos, man. I, you're you're being a better ambassador than me right now for sure. <laughs> hey, hey, we're all on our own journey, so you know, there's no judgment. Yeah, yeah, man. As I so I've listened to your story, I think probably on a couple uh, different podcasts now, man. And and like, there's definitely some darkness in your past, just things that have happened to you, and and so many people can let that define them in a negative way. But if you if you reach out to Christ who's inside of you, you can, you can take all those terrible things and you can like, it's part of your, uh, it's part of who you are, but it's also part of what it makes you. And like, so it's awesome that you've turned that all into positivity, you know, and that you've turned it all into love and man, I, I'm just happy you're you're at where you're at. I'm glad you you got kids. I'm glad you're going to do the softball thing after this. Like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. I mean, God puts us in situations so that we can help others get out of it, right? So that's how I really look at all the stuff that I've been through. I've been in so many situations so that I can now relate to so many different people and help pull them to the truth and to how to heal themselves. And I don't do it through the church. And I was never someone who went to church or was indoctrinated into a church thinking Jesus wasn't anything to me in my own understanding prior to last year i became psychic two years before that and i was just having i had all these psychic abilities psychedelic experiences and learned all the uh, mysticisms and how to get in touch with god and and the creator of the universe and source and and this unknown entity that created everything and then last year jesus saved me and showed me that oh he is the unknown source that but he's known and he's been known by millions of people and the way that they've funneled their understanding is through this indoctrinated system that is put in place to keep everything tamped down. So those who don't relate 
to the church system or those who see the lies in the church system, they just discount him immediately for this in place of this unknown system that can't be have a face and it's, uh, you know, it can't be personalized because it's so large and it's everything. And it's just like a perverted version. And uh, not that his name is necessarily the thing that saves you. You know, I, I say that as well, that Muslims who say Allah and they uh, work with each other in the same way that Christ taught, they're not going to burn in hell or, or whatever the uh, churchianity uh, will claim. But no, they're going to go to heaven as well. And same with Hindu or whatever. It doesn't matter what title you give yourself, you know, what you identify as. It's how you carry yourself and understanding God within you is the savior of all of us. So that's a that's an interesting thing that you just brought up. So do you think, uh, in your opinion, is it about so it doesn't matter what religion, but it, it matters about you connecting with the Godhood inside that the Christ that's in you or whatever it is for you. So do you, if you don't connect to that, let's say you're just living for yourself. Let's say you are just doing, you know, you're a bad person <laughs> to it. You know, you're fucking people over, you're stealing, you're this or that. Are, can are you saved at the end of your life? And, or is there a hell? And or is it like, so what's your whole, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on all that? Let's say okay. you're a giant hunk of shit. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, so, I mean, I was like one of the biggest giant hunks of shit. So, you know, I can speak from Same, experience <laughs> that I've completely changed, but it wasn't necessarily me. It was me making the initial contact. And it's actually uh, this Thursday, Cinco de Mayo will be seven years from when I prayed to God that what I didn't have a concept of really god outside of you know just the name of god when i was in prison it was my 90th day in prison and i prayed it was so seven years ago this thursday and um so when i made that initial contact he slowly walked me through uh and just i had this motto of i want to be better today than i was yesterday i want to be better tomorrow than i was today and whatever that took on at first it was easy things losing weight you know, stopping my addictions, becoming less angry, meditation so that I was releasing energy. And then from there, you know, it gets tougher as you get closer to purifying yourself. You have to really dig down deep inside and figure out why you do the things that you do. And that's really changed me. So what you were uh, just saying is like someone who is uh, living their life for themselves that's the antichrist that they're not living it mm -hmm. for others so when we do things like say i go coach softball right and i'm doing it for the glory of myself to, so everyone looks at me like oh look how great of a coach he is look at what he's doing for people he's spending his time and i'm uh, feeding off of that energy right well that is the antichrist i'm doing it for myself and i'm not doing it for the betterment of the girls that i'm coaching but no, I'm doing it for my own glory. But when you do it for the betterment of other people, then it's for the glory of God. And we're reveling in and sharing that energy that, yeah, we are here to uh, because I can help you and because you want the help. So that's what it's for. It's not for my glory. It's not for your glory of becoming a great player because uh, you want to become a great player. No, it's, you know, just here and now. You want to do something, I can help you. God's putting us together so that that can happen. So 
at the end of our lives, when we die, there's not, well, I don't want to say that there's not because there may be, uh, because people have a lot of near death experiences where they go to hell. Yeah. So I don't want to uh, discount that. A lot of people do when they, they look at near death experiences and they're like, Oh, there is no hell because everyone just goes to this waiting room and, you know, the spirit realm is on the other side and you have mediums and uh, all these different channelings and, and so many different things. They're like, oh, there is no hell. That's the first thing they tell you because they discount all the things that tell you that there is hell. But to me, my understanding is that when we die, there's a veil here, a physical veil that is lifted and they are on the other side, which is like a waiting room or in the biblical terms it's abraham's bosom that there's two sides to it that you're waiting in one side or you're waiting in the other side and we are all waiting for the final white throne judgment that comes at the end which i think is going to be uh relatively soon to our time place in history in the biblical timeline i think that's what is uh, going to come next and from there then there will be people who are thrown into hell uh, to burn eternally because they have chosen to not give over to God, to not do things for the greater good of everyone else. And they've chosen to do things for the greater good of themselves. So therefore their ego must die and they will be thrown into the lake of fire for that to happen. So it's, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Tony. I'm kind of curious, like, what do you think hell actually is? Because um, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I find it really, like, I mean, from my perspective, it's just, I believe in it less and less as I go. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what's your take on, like, what's the nature of it? So, well, so there's so many different layers of it. Like, I was in hell when I was in my addiction. When I mean, there's that was physical hell. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, like a decade long. So, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, that's the only hell that there is, is, you know, physically putting yourself in these mind states. And I mean, that's create hell here on earth for sure. Right. It's of your own doing. You can put yourself there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I believe that big time. But I also believe, like I said, that at the end, when the judgment happens and the judgment hasn't happened yet, that when it happens, the fabric of reality, I've, I've seen this on two different occasions in meditation. The fabric of reality was ripped open and it was a lake of fire. It was like if you've ever seen, I don't know, like a crossover cartoon show where like Family Guy becomes uh, real life looking, right? Or like The Simpsons or whatever. And they step out of cartoon world into the physical world. Well, it's that, but it's the reverse. It would be us stepping out of the physical world into the cartoon world that that portal that's opened up is the lake of fire. I've seen, it looks like it's burning uh, because it's just like, you know, sparks shooting off when the fabric of reality is just torn open. And this reality that we are going to stay in new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, however, you know, 5d, whatever people want to call it, you know, this is going to be where everyone lives that has the characteristics that would be in heaven. You know, when we, when we think that of hell, we just think that it's uh, this awful burning place, which I think there is some degree of that, but it's not, maybe it's not fire that's burning. Like maybe it's not uh, uh, like a volcano, but maybe it's like space where it's so cold. Uh, space is water. You know, I don't think that it's actually a vacuum or anything, but when something is so cold 
it can burn as well, right? So there's so many different ways that can happen. Uh, I I don't know. I've never been to hell in any of my mystical experiences or anything like that. So I can't say from experience what it would be other than that I was in hell mentally, emotionally, spiritually in from my own doing when I was in addictions and all that. Yeah. Well, I oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead, Tony. Well, I definitely think like we can create a hell here. I, I struggle with the idea that um, like, okay, like if this is all a comfort, like the way I think about this, like if this is all like some kind of simulation and we're playing this game and like maybe you're playing this really good game. And like you're helping people out, and I'm just going around killing people, doing all sorts of terrible things. But then the power goes out, and we realize we're in a simulation. And we go outside and talk. Then, like, how much of that like translates to the next realm of spirituality? Where like I think you might have developed connections, you might have learned stuff, and it just seems to me like 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 this to me. This seems more and more like a video game we're playing, and it's real for right now. And I think we should live good lives now. And I think we can learn stuff and grow and we can deny that we can make our lives terrible here. But then like, once we go the next like level up, then I just feel like, well, like you don't get punished for like, whatever you do in world of Warcraft stays in world of Warcraft, right? Like you don't get like, you don't get sent to jail because you're an asshole in world of Warcraft. Right. I I agree with that, but I don't think that you get to go into heaven if you're if you don't have the characteristics. So that's what uh, I'm saying is that like to get there, we have to possess that within us. It has to be an eternal living word within us that we know the rules. We all have the capacity with the moral compass that we have. We all know right from wrong. We all know good and evil. You know, uh, people want to deny it so that they can continue to do the things that they do, the sexual immorality, the drug use, the the alcohol use, whatever it is. And I'm not judging anybody for whatever they do. You know, I was the biggest sinner that there is. And to sin means to miss the mark of perfection, meaning that I'm hurting myself by not being better, not that people are judging me for being worse. But if I still possess those characteristics then I don't get to level up because it is a video game. It is a simulation and we're testing out what we can do and can't do. But in heaven, when heaven comes down to earth, we can't act in certain ways. So if we still have those characteristics in us, we don't get to go on to the next uh, level. You know, you can only level up by doing certain missions, right? Well, if you're staying stuck on the same mission by not getting uh, the message from God that, you know, as a drug addict, and I'll use Einstein's phrase here, is that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, if I'm a drug addict and I continue to do drugs and I expect that I'm going to get into heaven, how does that, that doesn't make sense. That's an insane person uh, would make that statement, you know, because they're doing the same thing and expecting different results that it's just going to end. But we have to actually get it out of us. We have to recognize that God is showing us our own thoughts, our own actions, our own uh, emotions play out outside of us. Externally, everyone that we come in contact with is a reflection of us and our own thoughts and actions. And when someone reacts to us in a negative way, someone cuts us off, that's because we cut people off and it still exists within us. So once we lose that characteristic, 
then it doesn't happen anymore. So that's what this process is since 2020, 2016 or whatever it really started, 2012, whenever it really started, this process of purifying ourselves is getting these characteristics out of us and the simulation is becoming more obvious so that we let go of those things so that those things just destroy themselves and we can then stand by and observe and let go and let them destroy themselves as we just continue on in the light of Christ. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I think that doing the same thing over and over again, that's like causing you harm. That is definitely hell. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it leads you to hell. So, I mean, ultimately, Tony, like what you're talking about, if this was like a simulation, like we're in a fucking giant video game, I don't think that it's the same type of like, it's not the the same type of video game concept that we think of as like World of Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think that like the creator of this game, this this great uh, like way of putting it like well the great creator i guess like this is ultimately this is like to season ourselves this is like to like teach lessons for our souls and and i uh, think that jesus is the builder right he's the carpenter he's the builder of everything so that word tecton in greek we use it as carpenter in the bible but it's not carpenter it's the builder so Mm -hmm. like he's (laughs) obviously he's the builder he's the creator in another yeah yeah Coder, yeah, I like that too, Tony. Yeah, yeah, well, that's <laughs> and, what and yeah, I think that, like, today it would just be updated, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that we're all given tools. Like yesterday, me and my wife, we went on a date. Uh, we're actually we were supposed to go to church, so we were supposed to be good Christians. And uh, <laughs> uh, Highway 30 was closed because somebody had, like smashed something. I don't remember what happened. So I was like, "All right, we're going on a date." So we went, we got lunch, and then we went and did an escape room. And it just and the whole like so that makes me feel like simulation theory. Like we're in a simulation inside of a simulation, right. you know. And like you're given tools so like internally like you said you're given a compass like that's your consciousness that's your heart that's like you're in your inner being and we're given certain tools as we start this simulation as we at this escape room we're in in a fucking escape room i was doing an escape room in an escape room and (laughs) and um it just and it's all internal and it's all about intention and it's all about following that compass and doing what you were meant to do and it's like so we're all given different tasks we're all given like you have a backpack with different tools and you have to discover these things inside of the room and like you know you know what i mean and it's just i i find that really fascinating well, why did those types of things explode, you know, in the last decade? Uh, and even before that, I was a 90s kid and, you know, the early stages of the Internet, like that were my favorite games on Miniclip or whatever. You know, it was to go do the escape rooms and and then they became a physical thing. Like uh, this is definitely a simulation of sorts that I we are all the extensions of Christ and his thoughts. Right. So he is the centralized figure of all of us. Now, we're all the main character of our own story, but there is, on the fractal nature of things, you know, as above, so below, things are happening on larger and smaller scales. It's the Fibonacci spiral. It happens bigger and bigger, right? Well, on that scale of the one savior for all of us, it is Christ, and he is the centralized figure. So we are all extensions of him, and we are all here, and he's trying to figure out the best way to navigate life. So when he is born, 
into life, which is the next life. Once he is born, he knows the best possible ways to do things because he's experienced everything already in a simulation. So now he knows how to act. And I think that's we're in Mother Matrix. We're in the womb ready to be born that maybe Mm -hmm. on some dimensional scale somewhere that we are you know mother is pregnant with us nine months or so you know and jesus is going to be born christ is going to be born and we're going to be in a new world a new dimension if you will and things will change slightly but we still are going to carry on as soon as we lose all of these bad characteristics that can't go on with us, we're going to carry on it, which is why it's the, the importance of, you know, bettering yourself and becoming independent on your food and, uh, and learning how to heal and get in touch with God and all these different things, because we're going to continue to do those things eternally because we're going to have eternal life. Emmanuel, how old are you, buddy? I'm 32. 32. Okay. I thought we were around the same. I'm 33. Uh, okay. Illuminati confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, one thing you were saying. Oh, okay. So I, I again, I think it does. Like it really does come back to intention, and I think it does come back to. So I mean, I do think that there will be an ultimate judgment, but I think some of it too is about an internal judgment, and it's about having because, you know, this still blows my fucking mind. I don't think I've ever brought it up on the podcast before. Uh, but my son came to me when he was about 12 and he was having like dreams and visions and he had this and he was explaining this to me. And I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> he was like telling me, he's like, look, I, I, I had a dream and I was I was here. I was in this fucking room and it looked like he said it looked like uh, there was like hier- hieroglyphs and uh, um, things on the walls and stuff. And there was like a beam there and he there was a scale and he wanted to weigh my heart next to a feather that's the whole thing and like he i dude he's he didn't know about like i think it's horus right that like you weigh your heart like that egyptian uh myth and like and so i mean i think it really is it's like this and and that is about a self-judgment like are you, you know, like, is your heart weighed down? Is it weighed down by guilt? Is it weighed down by like all these stress, all this thing? Or is it lighter than a feather? It's like, have you let those things go? Are you ready to ascend? That kind of thing. And like, so for him to have that fucking vision without even, without knowing the Egyptian stuff like that. So, I mean, I think that a That's lot powerful. of that is like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I, I have to give that a certain amount of weight, you know, I have to be like, well, that's, that's an interesting, like, that's a self judgment tool. That's like, in, that's an internal thing. And that's like an eternal thing, mm-hmm. you know, because that's something that, like that's hitting now and also hit like a couple thousand years ago. You know, this is like, it's this fascinating thing. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, so I think super fascinating. So there's like a tale inside of the Bible where it talks about, um, uh, and so this is when Christians are going to yell at me because I don't know the Bible as well as I should. And that's fine. I love you guys. Uh, so there's this, this tale in the Bible where there, because we talked about like the waiting room, right? There might be this waiting room and there might be this waiting room. And they're so close you can see each other. Mm-hmm. Because there's that story where it's somebody and he's like yelling over here. He's like, dude, can you just give me like one drop of water? 
Right. If you could just give me one drop of water, this would do. And he's like, ah, sorry, I can't. But they can still see each other. They can even yell at each other. They can talk to each other. Right. And I and I wonder if that is your own self-judgment that puts you in either category. So that's interesting because of the fractal nature of life. I think it is always more than one answer. I don't think that there's yeah. just one thing. I think there's things happening on multiple scales and levels and and we're judging them thinking that it's flat when it's like very full, you know, it has a, has dimensions to it. You know, like if you have a 3d object versus a 2d object, well, there's more dimensions to a 3d object and so on and so forth. Like we use that word and we don't really understand what we're saying because it's one of those things where it's just becomes second nature. Like, Oh yeah, that's uh, what are the dimensions of uh, that table over there? You know, you're not thinking what are the dimensions that we live in you're not but it's the same it's the fractal nature that there's multiple things happening so um i think that in that tale it it very much all of the biblical stories and, and all the other uh different ancient texts i very much believe that they are moral stories for yourself in order to better yourself to understand yourself and do all that but i also believe that they are very literal uh, historical tales of things happening and we as humans we try to understand it in our own perspective and we change things based on how we want to accept them so we'll say this part's metaphor this part's numerical this part is astrotheology this part is literal and this part is just completely made up we just do that instead of taking it all okay it's all literal read it that way it's all metaphorical read it that way you have to do it that way and not just the bible but like i said multiple ancient texts then you get a greater understanding of what was going on so when we talk about bird-headed people and a uh, dog-headed people take that literal and then apply that same logic to the bible in the old testament where these beings are being killed that are abominations that are called the nephilim that are half fallen angel and half man well then there you go you have the bird-headed dog-headed beings that were corrupting the dna of man by messing with it it's all there all the tales yeah. are there but people are applying metaphorical belief where they want and literal belief where they want and they confuse everything instead of just reading it as it is did I love that connection? That's so cool. But that's so cool. Your story uh, reminds me this. Like, I don't know where it's from. Like, there's this story about this guy who wants to see heaven, and he's like, he goes to some angel, deity, whatever. And it, they're like, Yeah, we'll show you heaven, but first you got to see hell. So they go into this room, and there's this giant table. There's a feast laid out on it. And there's all these people laying around, and they're just famished and bloody. And instead of like having arms, they have forks sticking out where their arms should be. And for whatever reason, they just can't like get the food in their mouth with the forks, so they're just cutting themselves up, mm. and it's just horrible. And the guy's horrified. He's like, "Just take me out of here, man! I have seen hell. I don't want nothing to do with it. I want to see heaven." So he's like, "Okay." So he goes into another room. Same situation. People have forks for arms, but everyone's fat, happy. There's a feast on a thing, and the only difference is the feed in each other. Uh, yeah, and it's just like this interconnected thing. It's just like he has the same situation. There's nothing different. But it's like what you make of it and how you interact and how you do. And that goes back to your thing, Emmanuel, about like learning to not be just selfish and whatever and work with others and 
live for others. Well, I think there's a big part of that in our reality that uh, it's our want and desire for things to be a certain way. And when they're not that way, we're then living in hell in our minds. But there is also a thing where you're making like making the best of the situation is always going to be the best. But it gets to a point where, OK, what if you're talking about like a kidnapped victim? Should they just be happy because they're kidnapped? and make the best of that and you know just be the sex slave or whatever like you know that's where when people are saying making those claims that i'm like well then i'll just debunk you by using this you know i don't even like that term debunk but you know i'll add in a part that you can't explain away with your metaphorical uh thinking there so that's how it has to be literal in some sense because there has to be there has to be a way in order to explain all of it. Like things can't just be left empty when you're trying to explain it. That's why there is multiple ways and multiple things that are, that are always going on. And we, as humans, we have such a slice, a tiny slice of the pie. You know, when we look at the whole picture, uh, it takes my piece, your piece, uh, Tony's piece, everybody's piece, you know, Adam, Chud X, throw them all in there. It takes everybody's piece of the pie to get a full understanding and and when we are helping each other like uh tony was just saying you know feeding each other and we're not concerned with ourselves as much that's when things are better but that's i wouldn't say that that is heaven versus hell like yeah we're all helping each other out but making the best of your situation isn't just uh it can't be applied across the board so i don't uh typically go to that example to explain it all because it, it leaves a lot of uh, holes in there. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, let me see. Where did I, where was I going next with this? But well, when we were first talking, I guess we could talk a little bit about that. Like, and um, let's see here. Uh, when I first, and you were also talking about psychedelics, bringing you back to God too which I find fascinating because that is something similar that happened to me as well. Um, is that, uh, I was a young, crazy son of a bitch and I would do any drug you put in front of me. I would drink more booze than you just to be an asshole. And I would, you know, I, you, I was just, I was that fucking guy. And, um, I, you know, in fact, so much, man, I, I loved hearing your story on other people's podcasts because so much of it was like, I know exactly what he's going through. I did the exact same thing. It was really fascinating, man. I love your story and I love where you came, but, uh, it, but mushrooms brought me back to Christ yeah. and that, and that blows people away sometimes because they're like, how can you do psychedelics and call yourself a Christian? And I was like, I mean, I think Jesus, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, Jesus came to me through mushrooms. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, me too. 100%. I've seen him uh, multiple times in psychedelic trips. And, uh, I mean, so the way that I'll explain it is the manna from heaven that Moses and his, uh, people that he freed ate when they were in the desert was probably mushrooms. Uh, when you look at mushrooms, th there is a big theory that they're not from earth, that somehow they came from space. Uh, you know, you can look into that. It's a whole thing that nobody puts it together with the Bible though, that it would be the manna. And Jesus says at one point, he says uh, to the Pharisees who are claiming that he's uh, a false prophet or whatever, uh, he's saying that 
your ancestors ate the mana, but they still died, which to me means that people who just do psychedelics, they're only going to live a shortened experience with Christ. But when you have me, he says, you have eternal life, meaning when I am with you, then you don't need that thing to put in your body to know how to act. You always know how to act. So it really opens up the picture that mana is from God for us to seek to uh, eat the mushrooms or the mana. And it's not bread. It's uh, They were probably mushrooms because if anyone's ever fasted, which you're supposed to at least fast for four hours prior to doing it. But I used to do 24 or like 20 to 24 hour fast prior to... Uh, did to you really? I never even fucking. I just ate food. I I'd eat. I'd put it inside of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and eat it. Like that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's rough, man. That's rough. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the fasting. Yeah. I never. I've never thrown up on mushrooms. I was always fine. Well, not not necessarily just mushrooms, but all the psychedelics because um, it's uh, it's going to affect the chemicals that are in the food and all are going to affect your trip. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I never once considered it. I, in fact, man, thinking about how it might affect chemicals, I've told this story a couple times on the show. Like this was my son. I was probably twenty three, so about ten years ago, man. Uh, I was a young dude. I was like just moved out here to Portland. I had a buddy that was growing them in his mush in his uh, closet. So like we had fuck, an unlimited supply of mushrooms, dude, because they just grow like crazy. Uh, and we would like take all these. I take probably in probably an eighth to start with in the night. So we'd like, we, we'd eat an eighth and then we would chase it with two, four locos. Oh, and wow. then we, and then we jump on the fucking train, the max, and then just go into like downtown Portland. And then we would always end up at this little bar called the TARDIS room. It was like this little, like Dr. Who themed bar. And we do uh, karaoke on Monday nights. And that was just, that was like our Monday night. That was what we did. And wow. That sounds intense. I would never do any. <laughs> dude, it was the most beautiful thing, dude. Because I was like, you know, I was a crazy nut, but like, I like found like a loving like kindness to myself in, in my nature through these mushrooms. Because I I had been like just full of piss and vinegar. Like, did you just look at me the wrong way? Well, you know, the kind of I was just like a dickhead. <laughs> and it was like I found this like sweet nature about myself. And like then I would start feeling like empathy towards like the homeless people downtown. And I'd like start talking with them. And I'd be like, hey, and like at the time I called myself an atheist. Like and I and I would be and then I'd be like, hey, can I pray for you? Like out of nowhere. And so then I'd start praying with homeless people and I'd oh, start wow. and I would just give them a big hug. And then I'd be like, hey, you want to get coffee? And just like this whole different part of myself I discovered through mushrooms. And eventually that led me to finding Christ. Wow. I think there's a lot of emphasis on like the best practices, but psychedelics, which is good because we should do that. But also like if you're not in proper work and order, which it sounds like you might not have been at that time. Like, the chemicals in the four loco can mixing with <laughs> yeah, like, like, like they just kind of find you where you're at and it's like as long yeah. as you don't stay there but i think also just going back to digestion like digestion takes so much energy and it's like if you have food inside your system your body is just processing food mm -hmm. and doing that then you're like this other thing that's happening and just to like let like just give all the digestion a break i think for me it's like really uh i think that that's like one of the, the reasons why we fast more than anything else yeah and uh 
so when you do fast for like 20 to 24 hours you're really not all that hungry but when you have mushrooms on top of it then you're definitely not hungry you know you really don't need to eat so i could see how having 40 days in the desert without food except for mana would be a great experience that you would continue to trust god you know if every day or every few days you're only having mushrooms that your body's not hungry you're not looking for food so it, and you're would be getting in touch with God, so I could very much see how that would be uh, what mana is. And so, what I do want to say now, because I don't really recommend psychedelics, because what I've noticed, and for the beginning part, it was greatly helpful for me. And like you said, it, it got you to understand there's a different part of you. So, what psychedelics do is they like uh, they take you out of this world. They put you into heaven. And then once you finish, you come back. And in the Bible, it says uh, those who, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but those who uh, sneak in like a thief in the night, you know, that they are sent back out because that's what psychedelics are doing. You're sneaking into heaven. You're getting a glimpse of it. And then you're going back and then you're depressed and you don't feel, not that necessarily you're depressed, but you have that come down and you don't feel the same and you wonder about things. Well, so what I took my psychedelic experiences and I did is that I was like, how can I feel like that on a regular basis without changing myself? And I still smoked weed at, at times, you know, and, and because I was super psychic, you know, it was a very cool thing to be able to hear other people's thoughts and all that. But what I realized was I let things in by doing the psychedelics that the the spirits were uh corrupting me and manipulating the universe around me so that i was feeding the glory of myself rather than feeding the glory of god and once i stopped uh doing that and started really getting in touch with jesus it was a spiritual warfare that was happening where so many different things were coming at me but i even stopped smoking weed because i realized like God made me perfect in who I am right now, and I am perfect the way I am. Why do I feel the need to alter my consciousness in order to deal with life? No, I have all the tools that God has placed in front of me. I've overcome many things. I don't need to leave this place to have a great experience. I can have a great experience and teach others how to do it on a purely in a pure way that you are just simply living, and that is enough. And you don't need the other thing. So uh, while I can say psychedelics have really helped me and I can see how they can help others, that when you're super depressed and you have this fog and this veil over you, they can help you get in touch with Christ and realize there is more that just relying on that and living in a certain way still, but just doing the mushrooms every so often in order to achieve that status that is not going to get you everlasting life. But what does get you everlasting life is you willfully changing yourself to have the heavenly characteristics so that when you do perish in this physical reality, that you just eternally live on because nothing about you needs to change to go to heaven. So uh, what I do find fascinating, man, is like, and I, I've even said this, I think probably on the show sometimes, like I feel like doing psychedelics is sort of like, 
cheating. So it's, and, and that's kind of funny how you talked about how sneaking into heaven. Like, so I think that like you can, so for me, what psychedelics was always able to do for me was like, uh, like, here's my ego. Here's what I need to, here's what I, here's the wall that I put up so that I can just get through the day. These are the things that I'm avoiding in my life. This is like this blaring thing. Like, uh, I don't even know if I've said this on the show, but I probably have like, dude, I was real heavy. I, I was like 20 something, like late twenties. I had diabetes. Uh, like I was fucking dying internally. You know what I mean? And like, and I just like, I don't know, whatever. And I just, and I'd be like, I'm going to ignore this. I'm going to ignore this. And then it was like uh, a heavy dose of like, uh, uh, edible marijuana and psychedelics just ripped the veil. And then I could feel myself dying. And it was, and then it was yeah. just reminding me you're dying. Stupid. Do you know that you're doing this to yourself? Yeah. Go eat another piece of pizza and drink another beer. You big fat cunt. You know, <laughs> just like, and then I was like, Oh, fuck yeah you're right <laughs> and so it like ripped that shit from me all my walls were gone all of that bullshit and then you're confronted with the shit right in front of you and you're like okay and so then my fat ass started going to the gym i started eating healthier i started taking care of myself i am in remission from diabetes whatever the fuck that means like oh, my wow. yeah so like my pancreas is working i'm making insulin i'm good to go i don't have diabetes anymore you know things like that and it's because and so to me i think that you can absolutely if you're doing the internal work, if you're doing meditation, if you're if you're focusing and you're like using that compass, you can do all of that and, and you can rip that veil. You can do all that stuff without the fucking mushrooms. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that that's the right way to do it. And so that's what I mean by sometimes I think it's like a cheat code or something to in this simulation. You'd be like, and sometimes you need that. Right. And for me, I needed that, you know, <laughs> like because yeah, I'm too. Dude, I'm scattered across the stars. I'm so ADHD. I'm all over the fucking place. My brain's here, 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 here. And like sometimes I needed that hard reset. Yeah. And so, but I also like what you were talking about too is that I think a lot of times when you rip that veil, you expose yourself to a lot of things. And so, like you're saying that like like demons and things like that maybe a bit were like oppressing you and like there was a spiritual attack and things like that. Cause I do think you open yourself up to those things when you, when you open your, when you open the veil, when you go out, you know, I think 100%. That, that, absolutely. And so I think you have to kind of proceed with caution. Like that's just, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, and that's a fascinating story that uh, you were just saying that happened to you. But uh, when we look at the book of Enoch and it talks about the cutting of roots, the fallen angels, one of the first things they did was teach humans the cutting of roots. Well, I look at that. I'm like, oh, it's, uh, I look at Iboga and Ayahuasca and the ancients say how they were made. Well, oh, the plants told us, but it wasn't the plants. It was the fallen angels, but we just couldn't see them. So they told them what to take, what to mix together so that they took it, then they could see them. And then it's a whole different interaction. So. Uh, I mean, these spirits are always around us and they're always affecting us. And there's a lot of spiritual attacks that are generational that we don't mm -hmm. know just continue to happen. Like someone who becomes a Freemason, I'll say, you know, and they never get higher than the seventh degree, but they take that oath. They they uh, want to 
do everything for the Masons, right? Well, what happens is their grandchild and great-grandchild starts being abducted by quote-unquote aliens and are experimented on because it's for the greater good of the Masons. And, you know, this person doesn't know what they're signing up for. They don't know what, what that actually means to do. But it's generational trauma, generational curses that are just continued on. And when we when we say curse words, you know, uh, if you guys are familiar with the English language being a magical language, right, that it's uh, all word magic, right? When we curse, we are furthering the curses that have been placed upon us. And when we curse a lot, that is because we've had a lot placed on us. So subconsciously, those things I live. curse a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do it too until I realized about the uh, the word magic. And when you were saying the ADHD, they are oppressive spirits that are doing that to you. And it is the name of Christ that can get them out of you. You have to be able to recognize. There was a, a time period about two, three months where I started looking into how to um, how to be delivered from spirits. And I was watching YouTube videos on it. And I was calling things out of me. And I thought like I was good. I was like, oh, okay. Like I had this grand experience of Christ saving me and I literally threw up demons and, and I'll just say real quick I had 400 pounds of chicken and cheese I'm a truck driver I had that fall on me and I landed on my root chakra and three days later this happened on a Friday on Sunday I then throw up uh, nothing comes out but I had more relief than ever it was demons were released from me and I just heard the words Christ has saved you or, you know, and that's how I felt that Christ has saved me from these demons. And I saw this snake that threw me up as I thought I was throwing him up. It was like he was throwing me up that I was in the belly of the beast and I got too close to Christ and it spit me out. And uh, so I thought like that was it. And then that like, sounds like an aurora borealis, or you know, like the snake eating its own tail. Yeah. You're throwing it up as it's throwing you up. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So I, so a couple months ago, like I said, it was two, three months that I was calling things out of me, and I didn't realize I had all these things still in me because there, there's these little demons. Then you know, like I was calling out the big ones but I didn't realize I still had these little ones in me and I would call them out, call them out, call them out. And I would have that same type of experience where I'm gagging and then I feel relief. And it's like something, these characteristics that I had developed uh, were not my own characteristics. These were energies that I let in me or that uh, was in my DNA line, whether it's my parents, you know, going all the way up, grandparents, great grandparents, or my child. Then I start to realize that there is a thing called epigenetics, where decisions that we make predispose our children and grandchildren to those things. So when I tell a secret or, or excuse me, when I tell a lie, then my child, my grandchild, my great grandchild are more likely to tell a lie because I have predisposed them to that by me doing it. Then I found out that it's biblical that in I think it's one Timothy or two Timothy. Uh, it talks about that if you do something, that it's going to affect three or four generations down the line, and that's epigenetics. That is scientifically proven, and that is things that I've learned through experience in my experimenting with my own life of how things are occurring. 
and these little things that we do saying curse words we're furthering the curses that have been placed upon us that exist in our subconscious because in our subconscious is all these demons these this background information as the greeks would call it these daemons that exist in the background information that are just doing as they're designed to do because agreements have been made at some point to allow them in to do what they're doing so then on top of mind are curse words because they're feeding us what's in our subconscious and they're feeding us these curses to say they're feeding us these bad actions to do when we just get this thought you know oh the the wife went out you know no one's home i can go look at some porn you know that feeling those thoughts that come to you they're because that's in your subconscious based upon what you have done pattern behaviors you have done as well as those who came before you that you shared DNA with because DNA, while uh, scientists tell us 99% junk DNA, it's all shared memory that DNA holds mm. memory and it's not junk. It is the shared connectivity that we have with everyone who shares it. So it quite literally what I do affects my brothers and my children and my parents and vice versa. It's we're, all connected in that way yeah no and we can absolutely like pass down trauma like there's things that you know i yeah i find that really fascinating man and i, and I wonder if it even goes further back than that because i mean oh, yeah. i don't know it's, it's crazy man i, I mean because so many times people and it's funny too the people that will like choose uh what um part of their dna or you know or their lineage that they will um that they'll try to connect to. Cause like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a native person, you know, I have lots of uh, native American in me. I have a lot of uh, Mexican, you know, native uh, Mexican people in me and things like that. And, and I do find it funny, like listening to indigenous people talk about like, uh, well, those white people came over here and they raped my great grandmother. And you're like, okay, but the guy that did the raping was your great grandpa. So like you could choose like that's part of your lineage too, which is this ugly, weird thing, you know, because it was forced upon you. But like you're also part that guy. You're also this invader. Really this yeah, it's this fucking crazy thing, man. You're part conquistador or you know whatever wherever you're from, man. And like because man, I've had literal dreams since I could can I can fucking remember being like a tiny fucking kid of. When I sleep, man, I'm in battle. I'm in fucking war. I'm like, it, and it's brutal, and it's and I'm a conqueror, and it's slay. And it's the most fucking crazy, epic, like hardcore dreams, like Game of Thrones, eat your heart out, kind of like things. And I don't know where these fucking like before I could before I like knew what any of the shit was. These were the dreams in my head, and I don't know. Are those like memories? My great great grandfather, you know, or you know, I have no fucking idea. Well, I I actually think that that's very likely. When we talk about past life uh, regressions, I think that it is we're tapping into the DNA or the spirit of our memories of our ancestors. That's fascinating. That's yeah. fascinating. So past life could actually be like we're we're our we're hitting, yeah, our ancestors. Yeah. The DNA we're having memories resurface from in in our in ourselves that's fucking neat man i never thought of that that's yeah uh, and and the way our dna works you know it weaves in and out right but there's some places that dna holds trauma memories where there may be holes there so they're more 
accessible. So when someone thinks that they're having a past life uh, memory, it's their ancestor that they're remembering because we share the spirit. The soul resides in the spirit that resides in the body. And the spirit is like a sleeve that gets shared amongst our DNA at certain points. You know, like my spirit is not what my other living ancestors right now, they don't have the same spirit as I do, but dead uh, ancestors could have had the spirit before. And now when I think that I'm having a past life regression and I'm tapping into their DNA because it's more readily accessible to me because I'm in that sleeve that they were in, well, then it makes more sense to how people have these past life experiences but also past lives don't actually exist in the same way that uh, we generally think of when we start to wake up and uh, come to these spiritual understandings of life. We just generally accept like, oh, okay, that's a thing because people have experienced it instead of really questioning everything the way that, uh, you know, we tell ourselves we're questioning everything, but we just accept blindly information when we start to wake up rather than question that information as well. That's super fucking fascinating, man. That's, that's really interesting. So do you not necessarily believe in uh, like any type of reincarnation? Do you think that, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that whole uh, bag yeah. of, can of worms? Yeah. I, so it's, it's tough because I think that, and, and the Bible says when Satan's short season is here, which I believe we are in, that the first dead would be resurrected. Excuse me, meaning mm-hmm. that those who died before Christ was here would be resurrected on earth. So I think that's the time period we're in because we have almost 8 billion people here. And uh, there's never been this many people before. And also in the Bible and Revelation, it says that the number of people will be like the sand on the shore, 8 billion, you know. It, I think that would be metaphorical for something like that. So I think that we some of us at least have lived human lives uh maybe in atlantis or something to that effect and now we are here resurrected given the chance again to live life in the correct way to accept Mm -hmm. christ and to live life that way or or we don't and that's why it's satan's short season because it's a battle against ourselves now i do believe for others that like myself, I'll say, I, I've i searched and searched my psyche and have never found any past lives. I've never uh, had a life here before. But I do believe that there's many fallen angels here. And we, I will include myself in this because I've uh, reason to believe that I would be one of those people, uh, that we are facing our own traumas that we have placed on others which is why we face so much trauma in one lifetime because we had to experience all the pains and ills that we cause by our decisions by turning away from god by falling and our lives are microcosms of the macrocosm of what we caused and that's why we're going through all the things we're going through we're not signing contracts to be raped and to be pillaged no we are facing the decisions we are at the point that we are facing the decisions that we ultimately made and did at one point in time, but not as humans, uh, as beings that were higher dimensional, that we fell and then became humans 
and had to face or have to face life and die like men in order to see the issues that we caused everyone else. Interesting. So you think that we might be spirits of fallen angels? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. I feel like if you look at the way that media like changes our nervous system, we see so much of reality now that we haven't seen within like 50 years ago, like you'd hear a story on the radio, but now like literally like you could watch someone like TikTok a war in Ukraine or Yemen or whatever, probably not in Yemen, but like, and we're just getting all this information. And on some level, like we, our biology doesn't understand this isn't happening to us if we're submerging mm -hmm. ourselves in it. And this technology is just going to get more and more like, we're going to go and fight a war in some VR space within like 10 years. So we're just going to put our nervous system through all of this stuff. Yeah. And we're going to go through all sides of this. Like we'll be the oppressor. We'll be the oppressed. Like we'll be like, I'll kill you. You'll kill me. We'll like, like everyone's going to have everyone else's experience. And it's all going to blur. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but I kind of feel like that kind of resonates with you a little bit. Yeah, well, so I think that the, like what we're doing right now is uh, we're communicating through interdimensional devices that these black cubes that we're talking through, you got your TV, cell phones, laptops, uh, computers, whatever, they're black cubes. And these are the black scrying mirrors that John D. and Edward Kelly used back in the 1500s. These are the devices that uh, that Aleister Crowley was trying to communicate with lamb that then jack parsons and l ron hubbard did the babylon working to create the rip in time and space to allow lamb and his buddies called the grays to come in in that crash of roswell in 1947 and they have designed technology uh they have given the technology to the humans so that we would create these interdimensional devices so that they could come through and bring this black goo to physical life and and what we're facing is trickery it's sorcery and we are all party to it we are all willingly being on the internet you know and some of us want to uh, put that around our eyes you know on the oculus some of us want it injected into us uh, as a a link a neural link a, um, a device in order to uh, you know, scan your hand. I see in Sweden, they already have that, that you can have a device implanted in you. So you can just, you know, like you wave your credit card at the pump, you could just wave your hand at the, the gas pump and, and be able to pay. And there's a bunch of different things that they really go into that. It's all the, the technology. It's not what we think it is. It is actually, uh, the devil's work. If you, uh, want to use biblical terms, you know, it's, satan and the adversaries they are using it and we are just willing to do it all because it does give us a bunch of benefits and we have to somehow use it in our own advantage to uh, free ourselves because like i said earlier about space space isn't a vacuum that's it's just a ridiculous concept to think that planets would be spinning in a certain way stars would be spinning in a certain way over and over billions and billions of years and they're always going to be in the same spot and we're in a vacuum being sucked up, but we're revolving around the sun, you know, going closer and away from the vacuum more and more. It's just none of that makes sense. But what does make sense to me when you read the book of Enoch, it says the seven main transgressors will be locked in chains made to worship the sun. 
Well, when we see the seven planets are in these elliptical chains worshiping the sun, you know, they're revolving around the sun, but we're not moving, we're stationary, and everything else is moving around us. Well, they, those seven planets, are the seven fallen angels, the seven main transgressors, and they are being projected or cast down to earth. So they are in prison, and we are the light of them. So when uh, astrology says that, you know, it depends on the location you're born in uh, and the time and so on and so forth, that's the characteristics. Yeah, it is, because our ancestors are the fallen angels. So our personality types are made up of, depending on the location and time that we're placed, is going to be, you know, I'm part Mars, I'm part Venus, I'm part uh, Jupiter, whatever it is. And that is our chart, right? Because that is who we come from. And we are the, the personalities of them and we are living out their transgressions. And once we all get that all figured out, that's when we aren't locked in place because the ancients called the planets the wandering stars, right? Because they were the watchers as stars that were watching the earth and then they wandered out of their position and then they were then locked in chains and made to worship the sun. So it's all, all the information is told to us, but it's just inverted and perverted so that we don't know the truth of it. And we're like, oh, it's space. It's a thing you can go to. It's air. But no, it's just, it's water. We're in a bubble. It's not round earth or flat earth. It's, there's a round dome that goes around us and we're on the flat surface in the middle of the, uh, of the atmosphere, you know, the outermost sphere, it moves around us. And it's all explained in our English, our magical English language. Super fascinating, man. Yeah. Uh, and I, whatever the fuck space is, whether it's liquid, what, whatever it is, I don't think we've ever been there for sure. <laughs> and I don't it's think we can. Do. I don't think we can. I don't think that, yeah, I think that there is like an outer hole or we have, yeah, the atmosphere and I don't think we can get through it. And yeah. um, that is fascinating, man. So I, I, one thing you were talking about that sparked my interest because I love talking about interdimensional beings and I love talking about, uh, well, and the correlation between interdimensional beings and technology, because I really think that it, there is this weird big connection. And like, I, this is like uh, the theory that goes through my head is that there are these interdimensional beings, right? They are, and they're parallel to us in, in a reality that we can't necessarily tap into easily. And I think that there, there are malevolent ones. And I think that there are benevolent ones, right? That I think that, you know, there's angels, demons, there's God, there's Satan, there's this. And I think that these dark beings uh, have been able to communicate with us in a way. Um, and they have been manipulating our, you know, the, he's the king of the air, right? He's like, the, he has like the, um, so he is able to communicate and talk to uh, to humans. And I definitely think that the elite have been in communication with these dark beings for a long time. And that is, that's their God. That's the Luciferians. They, they think that they have, you know, they're bringing light when they're not. But um, what I find fascinating too, is I don't necessarily think that these interdimensional beings can come to this dimension 
without a vessel. And so I think that they can come here through people sometimes and for, and for various amounts of time, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they can like stay here for long periods of time, but they can like, uh, you know, inhabit a vessel uh, person for a while. And I, I, to me, my fat, what my theory is, is that that is what this AI is trying to do is that they're trying to build something to bring it here. Yeah. Like, because our brain is a computer, right? So they're trying to make a, a hyper computer. They're trying to make this thing so that they can bring this. I, and, and more and more that I think about it, I think that's what this antichrist, whatever this is like bringing this devil here is, is going to be the AI, man. I think that's what they're trying to do and that they've been, and whether they know it or not, I think some of them do, but they've been working towards this because that's what they, they, they've been, they're just following orders. You I know, 100% and- agree with that. I, I like I like to call it uh, biological mannequins is what they want us to be. Mm-hmm. They want us to agree to have these things injected to us so that we can be taken over. And yeah, putting the tech in inside of yep. ourselves so that we can be vessels. Yeah. Dude, yes. Yeah. God damn. This is, I'm glad you're here, man. This is a fun <laughs> conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they they want us to switch places with them by doing psychedelics. They want us out of our body so that they can inhabit it. They want us to be in the virtual reality so they can inhabit it. They want us to go to Mars, go to space so that they can inhabit it because like you said, our physical bodies can't leave this place. And they don't have physical bodies, so they can't enter this place. They're escaping those ch- those chained seven. They're wanting to come here. Is yeah. that that's fascinating? Yeah, they want to. At the Go same ahead. time, though, like we can possess technology, right? Like, like we have like these band waves, or um, like we have these like little information beams, and whatever we put on them is what people receive. So I feel like. Like we could get possessed by entities, whatever, but also like we're doing the possession in a large extent too. Yeah. So I think that uh, technology has been, uh, they've given us the end result and said, get here. So everyone's trying to get there. Like the combustible engine is the only way you can have a car, right? That's, that's what like people build these ideas around the combustible engine and rather than just free thinkers finding out new ways to do things. So uh, we can have certain technology, but th- our technology is all centered around this AI that is giving us this information. As uh, Nate was just saying, it's like the black goo itself. Like when we talk about AI, it's not the hardware isn't going to come alive. My computer's not going to like grow legs and arms and, and jump around and, and do some crazy stuff. It's not even the software. It's not the programs that are on the computer. It's what is powering all of it it's the mother matrix itself is trying to come out and they're trying to build these biological mannequins in so many different ways and get us to be hollow hollowed out vessels for them to take over have you guys ever seen the movie get out yes yeah yeah that's that's exactly what it is they want you deep in your subconscious so that they can take over they can be in the forefront they it's I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff that uh, that goes into it with this black goo and this one eye symbolism. You know, the Illuminati, you give your left eye for knowledge. You know, it's because it's the all seeing eye. It comes, it gets injected into your eye. Then you have a black eye because then it starts to grow and take over your body. And then all of you know, 
uh, you know, 10 years later, Joe Biden has ears and nose that don't match what he used to have. And it's why is that? Well, because slowly but surely there has been a clone being made of him as he gave himself over to the all seeing eye. And now the real him isn't here anymore. We don't know where his physical vessel is, but now it's this new physical vessel that it has taken over that looks and acts like him and it's taken his identity, but it isn't him. And now maybe he is like in the matrix laying in some warehouse somewhere in covered in goo and, you know, having all these tentacles of technology coming off of him that the uh, one that is there is operating off of, but it's all being powered by mother matrix. You know, there's a, if you start to tie together a lot of different ideas of aliens and space tech and all that stuff, you start to tie that all together with spirituality and the Bible and the book of Enoch, then you get a very clear picture of what's going on and how it all works together. I, so I have another quick question for you because dude, I keep seeing things like this. So what you were just saying was that um, what I liked was you're talking about Joe Biden, how like maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, he's being stuck in stasis right now. And uh, maybe they're just, they could be projecting. I, I, I have no fucking idea, man, because I do think about this. Have you, have you ever watched black mirror? Uh, I watched one episode, but yeah, I'm familiar with it. So there's this one concept and we've, we've known about this because they've talked about this in Star Trek. They've talked about this in like, in all kinds of different things, the same concept about being able to download your consciousness into like a big mainframe. And then, then you could have heaven, you know, it's all, it's all there. You can have whatever you want in this downloaded thing. And, uh, but, and so they're, they're trying to download this consciousness uh, so that to me, my whole idea is they're trying to escape ultimate judgment. Yeah, because if you die, then you're fucked. You know what you did. (laughs) Like these elites, these rulers. They're like, well, maybe we can just put upload ourselves into to heaven. We can make our own heaven. And uh, but I mean, that would make sense if like Joe Biden, he might have died 40 years ago. Yeah, they might have stuck him in into the to this AI already. It might have already sent him into this like dimension this whatever this is that that they've artificially created their heaven i mean because i i think about like all these different like that old prince that looked like he was on his last leg that uh what's his name um i can't think of a stupid name but the queen's husband husband that just died you know people like him jeffrey epstein like did they really kill him i mean they probably uploaded him and then killed his physical body and things like that well even look at like uh rappers eminem Lil wayne and rick ross were all on their deathbeds and then all of a sudden they're very different when they come back you know and uh, yeah. they, they they're not claimed to have an nde or anything well was because the real ones died and the clones now took over is that what happened could be man yeah dude and then you see this and it's it's happening more and more like uh and so it's either sloppy or they're trying to show us like uh, I keep seeing photos of, okay, so he, I'll give the example that everybody has seen now. Jay Bizzle, he's sitting there, he's at the podium and like, and both of his hands are on the podium. And then a third hand goes like this and like scratches himself. And you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, things like that. And they're like, uh, I don't know. It's just something with the camera, you know, things like that. Or did I, I keep seeing photos of like, 
uh, people like this, like newscasters. And if you look down here, they're yeah. they're wearing a goddamn mask, and yeah. you can see the little <laughs> the crease right here. At the State of the Union address, Kamala Harris. It was a white man wearing a Kamala Harris mask. I mean, there's Dude, no doubt in my mind. What the hell is that? What are what's underneath? What what's well, going on? Is this a, invasion of the body snatchers? Are there actually reptilians? Am I going kooky? What's it like? Well, or like so? I think. <laughs> You know, just to uh, sum it up briefly, because it's a whole nother thing that I think that there is some kind of quote unquote operation going on. You know, some kind of the Q thing is real, that it's not our savior, uh, that there is some kind of battle going on behind the scenes. I mean, it seems kind of obvious that that it's there's something very strange, like you're saying. Something. (laughs) So I think that to trick the AI, there is something, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I I don't put my faith into anything external, especially Trump and, and Q. If you guys seen uh, my eight part series, I call them out as the Antichrist coming back is through them. So, uh, Interesting. I, yeah, that they're getting rid of the dark side to pretend to be the light, uh, but they're going to be far worse. But I think that they are getting rid of those who have been in charge, and in order to trick the AI to some degree, they have to trick us into doing what we think is going on so that we talk about it. So the AI sees us talking about it on Twitter and Instagram and all that. And and we're discussing things. So I think like all the distractions are partially to distract the AI, the living component that is powering the matrix rather than to trick humanity itself well i think that's you know part of it as well to trick humanity but to trick because when you go talk to humans face to face it isn't the same way people don't act that way and then you get into dead internet theory and i have a ton of people who listen to my show that will send me emails and they don't have social media and it's a strange thing where like i see like it seems like everyone has all these social media pages, but when you talk to people in real life, they really don't. And we keep them as uh, content creators to, in order to reach people in order to stay in touch with each other and that type of stuff. But regular people don't really have much social media. And it's, uh, I think it's tricking the matrix itself so that, it thinks that nothing is happening or the same thing is going on, that the matrix is in charge when in fact it isn't, you know, I think that there is, I think God is in control ultimately. But I think that this uh, Luciferian side is taking out this satanic side and that this Luciferian side is going to like present itself as these uh, conquerors of evil and what they're going to offer is going to be far worse. And it's Elon Musk. It's uh, probably Kanye. It's probably Trump. It's probably Putin all on the same type of team versus, you know, the Hillary, the Obama, the Biden, uh, all those uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey. You know, it's like some kind of battle going on amongst them. But they are ultimately two heads of the same serpent, which is Amaruka which is a, the double-headed reptile that you see in the coat of arms of so many different places uh, and so many different secret societies. There's a lot to it, and it gets super deep. 
but I think it's all just distraction. Mm -hmm. And And it's uh, a distraction to themselves, too, because they think they're in this absolute battle over the world, and they don't realize that they're just pawns as well. Yeah, they're They're just following orders of this deeper, darker thing. Yeah, they're all fallen angels who followed Satan Well, when the devil wins, I'll be in charge. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. They're all competing for top spot. But Satan is just throwing them to the wolves now because Satan is going to take charge or, or the Antichrist, whatever, is going to take charge and uh, is now throwing out the pieces, you know, cleaning up loose ends. Anything that uh, is too obvious, like Bill Gates had to be gone, but now Elon Musk is the savior, right? It had to, it had to work that way. But they're competing factions that are like brothers or siblings that are, just competing against one another, jockeying for position when ultimately God is going to get rid of all of them and they're just wasting their time. Yeah. Fascinating, brother. Uh, we could have like 10 more conversations. I want to have you on again to talk about Tartaria. We can talk more of this shit later, but we're getting close to your to your out. So, brother, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a long time coming. We, you know, yeah. <laughs> have been needing yeah, you. Anytime yeah. you guys, uh, you know, want to uh, link back up, just let me know. I'll definitely come on and I'll get you guys on my show. I'm not recording at the moment too much for my show. So once I uh, get my schedule all worked out, my new schedule worked out, I will definitely hit you up to bring you on my show. Absolutely, brother. That sounds like fun. Uh, so uh, do you want to throw any more little last minute plugs? Tell people to, did you say you have a Patreon? Yeah, patreon.com yeah, backslash goodness over darkness, emmanuelkingman.com, uh, goodness over darkness on YouTube, and Godcast of Goodness Over Darkness on any uh, audio platform. And you can find all my social media links on my website. It's They have their own little tabs in the uh, top right corner. So go check all that out. Awesome, brother. Thank you. I'm going to hit the outro and hang on just for a little bit. All right.